Hi friends, welcome back to the Fresh Fruit Project. I am so excited you're here and I am so excited about today's episode because it's something that speaks to a lot of us, I think. Today we're talking about how to choose your niche when you are a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I'm chatting with Leah Coleman of Ribbons and Blooms and Leah is a brilliant stage performer turned equally brilliant floral designer and content creator, among other things. She's based in Oklahoma, and she started this business around the time of the pandemic, and she has grown it from a side hobby to a full-service design and installation business, plus a growing e-commerce shop. So this conversation is so much fun. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to find a lot of value in it. And honestly, you're just going to be dazzled by Leah's sunny spirit as well. She's fantastic. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Leah from Ribbons and Blooms. I'm just, I'm so thankful that you're here. Thank you for taking the time to chat for a minute. Thank you for asking me. Of course. All right. So we're just going to dive right on in because there's so much I want to talk to you about. I'm so excited for this. Um, you've had a lot going on the last couple of years. You have a lot to tell us. So um, basically, you've had a pretty kind of diverse um, path to get to where you are now. And something yes. that I just want the audience to understand is nothing is ever wasted on our journey. Like everything that we're doing is leading somewhere. There's a purpose for all of it. So no matter where you've been, it's never too late to start something new, which is obviously what you've seen and what you've done. So I just real quick, give us like a 50,000 foot view of your background leading up to right before you started Ribbons and Blooms. Like you've just kind of done a little bit of everything. Sure. So yes, I have done a little bit of literally everything at some point. Um, I've always been uh, creative, right? I think we're born with that. 100%. Everyone's creative. Everyone's yes. creative, right? In, and they all have their own way. Yeah. My creativity leans towards anything that's remotely artistic. Yes. So like, there is a difference. Whether, Thank you for saying that. Yes, there is. I mean, there's creative problem solving. There's um, being creative with analytics and things that I'm not. Yeah. Yes. Know, but yeah. my creativity yes. lies with um, kind of your traditional In visual the arts. arts. Yeah. And yeah. performing arts as well. So my mm -hmm. background is like growing up taking visual art classes mm -hmm. and like painting, drawing, mm -hmm. all of that. Um, and then mostly theater and music mm -hmm. and that's mm -hmm. so that's my main background and I grew up knowing without a doubt without even a hint of <laughs> doubt or fear or anything I never even questioned it I knew that I was going to be um I was going to move to New York yep. and just be a performer that's yep. what I was going to do yep me too yep and did that yep yeah, yeah. <laughs> crazy and, how about that yes and I guess roundabout probably my senior year of high school I started to I realized I've never questioned this I've never mm -hmm. even considered another path mm -hmm. and all mm -hmm. of a sudden I realized oh I'm like good at other things too mm -hmm. wait I have options wait mm -hmm. I have too many that, options I have a lot of options and how do I, I choose thought about them how right. do I choose what right. do I do? Right. Anyway, 
we'll fast forward a smidge because I then it's crazy because I feel like the first like 17, 18 years of my life, I had no doubts in Uh my mind. Uh And then for like the next 10 years, it was, I have every doubt, every doubt Uh, in my brain Mm -hmm. because I realized I really can do anything. Right. And what do you choose? How do you choose? Yep. And for a long time, things felt so permanent, you know, decisions felt permanent. Exactly. Whatever you choose here, this is where I'm stuck for the next 50 years. And I think a lot of us believe that Mm -hmm. because you know what, for our grandparents, for the people who were raising us, that was true. And I don't, that doesn't play anymore. That's not the world we live in. Thank God. We are so insanely blessed to live in the time that we live. Um, But I think that that's where, you know, that's, that's coming from. Um, so tell me, how did you, um, so I, I know like you had a little bit of, of time in the corporate world. You, you worked in like yes. banking for a minute and yes. you worked in retail for a minute and, and yes. none of those ever quite felt right. Like, did you always know like, mm, this is not where I'm supposed to be. This is just kind of my next stop to pay the bills. Or did you think you were stuck at any point? I was, so I was, so yes, yes, and yes. Like <laughs> I felt all of the things. So yeah. I started in um, retail, which I loved, even though, it, and, but I loved it because I was in the right type of retail. I was in very um, unique retail situations. So I got to do a lot of like merchandising, like visual mm-hmm. merchandising and displays mm-hmm. and like I would help with window displays and things Mm -hmm. like that. And that really spoke to me on a creative level. Right. And then on a personal level, which is really kind of the like connecting undertone Mm -hmm. that runs underneath every one of the things I've ever done and Mm -hmm. will continue to do is that I was able to connect with people on a kind of meaningful level. Yep. Um, it's not just, people think of retail as being very transactional mm-hmm. and it could be, you know, probably if you're working at Walmart, it might feel very transactional. I was not in a Walmart. I was in like anthropology and some like, you know, really fun local shops. Um, yep. and, and I was able to like make connections with people and make mm-hmm. them feel special understood valued all of those things that kind of yeah keep me going no matter what I do so I loved it in that way but um yeah I um you know it's hard to make a living like that so then I I popped over to um some yeah corporate world things thinking this could be the this could be the thing where I feel happy this could, mm-hmm. this could be the good fit. And you were still like, trying to fill. So you, yeah, you decided not to go into theater and right. you made that decision. Like what I did. I just, okay. So I decided that one, I did not want to move to New York. I think mm-hmm. that was probably the first step in me deciding not to. I mm-hmm. thought this lifestyle is going to kill me. It scared I thought, you. I love visiting New York but I and I have more friends there yeah than I do anywhere else in the in the country yeah but I went to visit with the mindset of I'm going to move here in a few years 
Mm-hmm. And when you go to New York with that mindset, instead of looking through the lens of a tourist or visitor, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it's a very different, you see very different things. And I saw that everyone seems very unhappy <laughs> at the time. I thought, <laughs> no, it is the most crowded place. You are surrounded by people all the time. Even when you're alone at home, you have people on either side of you, below you, above you, you're yeah. always surrounded by people. And yet yeah. everyone seemed so lonely to me. So yeah. I thought- It just didn't feel right to you. Cause yes. I think it's Marie Forleo that says, you know, when you're trying to make a decision, think about, does it make you feel expansive or does it make you feel, are you retracting when you think about it? When you, like you thought about moving to New York, it didn't, it didn't light you up like you thought it would. It made you feel like you were being like, crushed, pushed on, like it, it just wasn't right. So you listen yes. to that. Well, that's, that's, I think that there's a lot of value, particularly, you know, kind of at that age, knowing that, um, obviously, you know, like you said, fast forward, now you are a very different person you've seen and, and grown a lot and you realized, um, so take me to, um, your decision to start ribbons and blooms. Cause you and I, you know, we worked together in a past corporate life and we were both just creatively dying. Yes. And you said, I, I need something else. I don't know what it looks like next, but I know this isn't it. Mm-hmm. So we're in the pandemic. Things are weird. You had just left Georgia and no, you started ribbons and blooms in Georgia. Yeah. So it, yes. So what you just said, we're, we're dying creatively, yes. but we don't know what to do. And we yep. don't know what's going to fulfill that need, but being creatives and specifically multi-passionate creatives yep. means that we are, it is, I think it's really easy for people to just get stuck because they don't know what to even pursue to try yeah. to fulfill that need. Yes. But you know that something is desperately missing inside of you. And I, some people don't know what it's like to feel passionate about something. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. um, at least vocationally, I should say, yes. um, yeah, I'm not one of those people. I'm one of those people that has to feel passion mm-hmm. <laughs> or I shrivel. Mm-hmm. And, um, yes. Yeah, so I, I didn't know what to do at all. Turns out, um, I got engaged. I was planning a wedding. I had a very tight, tight, tight budget Mm -hmm. for that wedding. And being who I am, I have a very, well, I'll do it myself sort of attitude. I'm like, I can figure out how to do that. So I did literally, I mean, I did everything because we couldn't hire anybody to help. So I (laughs) like handmade every centerpiece. I'm like, we can't afford flowers. So I'm going to hand make these like book page, roughly garland things that'll be table runners. Okay, cool. And like, I just handmade everything. And it was gorgeous. I remember seeing the photos and I completely, I would have never known that. Like that speaks to the vision you had, you brought it yeah. to life, you know, just like you have, have done with the business. So, so that's incredible. Thank so you. that business, that's right. It grew out of- yes this hobby essentially. Yeah. So I I had, obviously it was there. Yeah. I had to make my own flowers for my wedding. Yeah. Like didn't have a choice, but me. And it's like, I didn't care about flowers at all. (laughs) Like 
that's the least of my worries about as far as our wedding are concerned love flowers but as far as my wedding was concerned did not care like right right so many other fish to fry but I can figure it out and it's no problem and so I like I picked out everything I wanted I ordered the flowers so Mm -hmm. I you know had a hand in that most certainly and then picked up the flowers and after our rehearsal dinner, I looked at my bridesmaid and I said, okay, we're going to go make our bouquets. And <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Like they were going to punch my face. <laughs> and then there were, and because I, and I didn't realize that not everyone was like me in that way where they could just like right. throw something together in it, you know? Um, and <laughs> so, um, a couple of them who just said, Hey, just like go sit down, drink some wine. We'll, we'll make it. Yeah. Fun. They're like, wait, wh- where's the after party? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, exactly. make my bouquet. Yeah. <laughs> so it was probably it. like 1130 midnight the night before my wedding. And I start making my bridal bouquet. And I realized that it was art. Mm-hmm. And I never thought of floral design as art before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I realized this is sculpture. Mm-hmm. I'm making art and nature is my medium. Oh, that and just like gets me chills a little bit. Yeah. And the way you do it, Leah, it comes out. Um, you guys, you have to uh, hit her up on Instagram, check out her website um they it is art and I, I i tell you all the time Emily, it looks yummy like i could eat it these flowers are so beautiful and the way that you put them together um you know it's so easy to think and and tell me if you had this thought after the fact you realized oh my gosh i could that maybe this could be a thing did you have the thought of oh but there are somebody's already doing this there are already floral shops in town because that's what we do right when we have an idea we immediately sabotage and we kill it and we say oh it's already been done well yeah everything there's nothing new under the sun pretty much everything has been done but it hasn't been done by you period so right yes absolutely so i went through the whole range of the emotions (laughs) like i i started out well after our wedding, like literally the day after my wedding, I woke up and immediately started thinking of flowers. Uh, like I probably uh-huh. should have been thinking about my brand new husband, but I was thinking <laughs> about flowers and I'm like, when can I do that Sweet again? I was, I was literally thinking, yeah. And so he, you were obsessed. Like amazing. Like he's so supportive. He deserves yeah. every awesome. bit of my thoughts, but yeah. I was thinking about flowers. I was like, when yeah. can I do that again? Yeah. When can I make something new with those? Like who can I give flowers to? Oh, so that yeah. was kind yeah. of how it started. Right. My thought was That's a sign. I no. was not thinking of it as a business at all. For mm-hmm. me, it was just like, Oh my gosh, my soul is like, <laughs> yeah. So singing right so hours in my head and so it started with just this insane flush of passion and it just it took up so much of my brain space and probably for the next I don't know months months after that after our wedding it was the first thing I thought of when I woke up and it was the last thing I thought of when I was going to bed and so, I started doing it just for gifts for people. Like yeah. I, I wouldn't have dreamed that anyone would buy this from me, right? Ever. Okay. I just wanted 
to make something beautiful and give it to someone to make them happy, which then in turn fills me up. Right. So, um, probably fast forward, like, I don't know, maybe three, four months, someone asked me to do their wedding. Um, just is that based what? off because you'd been gifting flowers to people and you know yes. you kind of started to get a little bit of a, a buzz so to speak and then obviously yes. you had your wedding photos that you were sharing um yes. that people were seeing yes and based mm. off of those it's so cool um I got asked to do someone's wedding and <laughs> I was like nothing <gasps> has ever stressed me out more than in my life <laughs> Than thinking that someone <laughs> trusts me to make something for them right? to hold on their most important day of their life. <laughs> right. Right. And, no big deal. But it was like getting to plan that and come up with what flower varieties and learning about and my yeah. whole thing is color and how can we use color to express who you are as a couple and things yeah, like that. Right. It just consumed me in the best way possible. And I was still doing my awful day job <laughs> right because you gotta eat but but then you gotta eat yeah it helped me get through that like it helped absolutely make the absolutely. awful day job okay yep because yep. i had this to do and yep. then once the wedding was over i thought i don't know that i can really ever do this again this was really <laughs> stressful this is a lot of work there's a lot of room for error here uh -huh. I could really screw something up. And then I ruined someone's most important day of their life. You know, I'm having all these things. And I'm like, I'm yep. not good enough. I was immediately uh, like, uh -huh. I thought I could do it, but uh -huh. I don't think I can do this. Like this wasn't as good as I thought. Um, how do I even know if she liked it? Like she says she likes it, but does she actually like her? Is she being nice? Like what? you know, I, I do know. I do know. So yes. It was just like yeah. nonstop talk like that. Like just, uh -huh. I guess that's anxiety speak. I don't know, but that's what was going on in my head. And then she looked at me and she said, Leah, you have to do this. Wow. You yep. have to do this. Mm -hmm. She said, I've never seen any flowers in the world that look as good as my wedding. Wow. My bouquet was the best thing I've ever seen. I still wow. believe that you have to do this. And just that, just having that friend and bride mm -hmm. um, say that to me made me think, okay, so if what I created brought someone this much joy, I think I have to do it because I realized if I don't, I'm doing the world a disservice. What? <laughs> yeah. I, can we just like, I, I want to put that on a billboard on the side of every highway in the country. I want to just like put it on my forehead. I don't know. I, 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 absolutely. Um, when you have a gift, we're all given gifts. We're all given, I believe, dreams, so to speak, visions that match up with those gifts. Mm -hmm. And I think they're divinely put into us. I think our creator does that. And I don't think it's an accident. And I also think that he works through other people like your friend who nudged you and was like, hey, I need you to do my wedding. Hey, you have to do this. That was not an accident. Mm -hmm. You know, um, that was, I believe, God's way of getting you out there. 
you know, getting you past that negative self-talk, so to speak, that was keeping you on the sidelines. And for you to have that revelation and say, oh, I'm, I'm doing the world a disservice by not sharing this is 100% accurate. And I can't tell you how long it took, like someone had to tell me that, like I had to hear that a lot. Mm -hmm. you know, under my little slow baby brain to understand. That. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, I'm just, I'm so proud of you for understanding that and absorbing it and, and doing something with it. So you decided to actually go into business and then you guys moved and yes. you said, I'm just going to keep this going. I'm moving to a different state where you're from, but you haven't lived there in years. Seven years. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you were still kind of, you know, having to start from scratch, so to speak. Oh, oh yeah. Completely. Yeah. Completely starting over. Now, I should add that after that one wedding where I felt like, okay, I have to do this, it took me a full year to actually be brave enough to do it. So to do it, I to do another wedding. To, yeah. Or wow. to do anything as, um, like to even sell flowers. Like it, I only did it for fun for people, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. for my husband's grandmother, who mm -hmm. I love more than anything, like, you mm -hmm. know, things like that I would do all the time, but it took me a year of sitting with the knowledge yeah. that I need to do it. I need to do it, but yeah. I just didn't have the confidence to do it. And my sweet husband uh. was telling me literally every single uh day he's like you need to be a florist you need to be a florist you need to be a florist uh, and I oh wouldn't gosh. even I'm like la, la, hear la, it. La, 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 because my self-doubt was just it's too loud economically loud wow so so yes I understood but I was not brave enough you, then did, I did you, did, wedding. you weren't yeah, absorbing I, it yeah 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 I did the same yeah. thing with photography for two years I kind of had this like revelation type situation, like, you know, you really need to be doing this. It was like an internal thing. I am like, I've never, I don't, I've never taken a photography class. I don't even know where to begin. You know, I'm a podcast junkie. I roll over the next morning. There's an episode of, you know, some podcast show I was following randomly, how to start your photography business from scratch. If that's not a sign, I don't know what is. I still blew it off for like two more years. Like you said, <laughs> I knew. And it was just, it, it's embarrassing almost, but you know, yes, again, nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted because now we're sharing this with other 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 folks who are sitting exactly where we have been, and we're telling you that you can do it. You absolutely can do it. These things are not accidents. You know, the nudging you have inside. You know, it's, it's popping up from other people, or people are telling you you need to do this. You know, so. Anyway, we all have some version of that at some point, I believe. No matter, you know, how long or short the period of time is, it happens. But what are you going to do about it? Are you going to just stay there? Are you going to move and to see what happens and start to do the work? And you did the work. And so now you have done, I don't know, how many weddings, gorgeous installations insane like you said your work looks like it looks like an art exhibit it really does um and you've just you've grown so much because you made the decision after all that you know negative the the the, the doubt that was there you you made the decision to move past it and you went all in you went all in 
and you said, all in. did you say, I'm going to do this for a year, I'm going to go all in and just see what happens? Or was it just like totally, we're burning the boats, we're not looking back, I don't care how long this takes me, I have a vision and I'm, I'm going to get there. So pretty much I had to sit down with myself and I said, <laughs> you know, pumping up self-talk, like there's not an option for you anymore. Like this is your option. If you don't do this, you're probably going to be, you're going to find yourself in a really miserable spot again. We know how it goes. Yes, exactly. I'm like, I cannot afford to waste any of my life not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And when you understand when it clicks with you that you were given a gift and it is not your gift to keep. It yes. is your gift to give away. Absolutely. You have a responsibility to share it with other people. Yeah. Yeah. When that really clicks with you, you can start to take. You're steps. off to the races. Absolutely. I jumped. Yeah. yeah I didn't just like step. I, I you totally jumped. jumped. So my husband yeah. and I, yes, we moved Oklahoma, to Oklahoma, which is my home where I'm from, but I lived in Georgia for seven years at this point. Mm-hmm. All my friends are gone. Like moving home, but completely starting over. And yeah. I didn't have like a built-in customer base or anything. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Starting literally from scratch mm-hmm. and being mm-hmm. a first year in business or as you know, investments that mm-hmm. have to be made and just oh, yeah. generally less money coming in. Yeah. But I've been able to set that groundwork for myself. Mm-hmm. So I have a foundation in place. Mm-hmm. That hopefully I can handle my growth. Right. I mean, right. There was lots of learning that will happen and it's still happening. And I'll probably Always. never stop learning how to run my own business. Right. But um, I'll start, I'm going to turn a profit next this, this yeah, year. Yeah, that's incredible. I think the average is typically about five years, but like you said, you know, not everyone has the ability to just peace out from their day job. I wasn't in a place originally to do that. And, and don't let that stop you. If that's you start small on the side and build your way up. Or like, I think kind of what y'all had done, you know, y'all were very, you know, fiscally savvy and put yourself in the position where you could make that kind of big giant you know, monster size leap. Um, obviously don't do that. If you have not squirreled the money away, you know, get a thing about, you know, healthcare, all, all those things, make sure all those things are covered, be smart. Um, but you know, it, it's absolutely possible. And you kind of hit on this a little while back. Um, if you are in a place where you're frustrated, like you and I have both been, and you're like, ah, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm starved for that creativity. Just starting something small for me, it started with just playing around on Canva with some, you know, you know, graphic designs and playing around on my iPhone with my camera there um, and putting it on Instagram, taking pictures of my kids. Um, that was enough for me in the beginning. It, it, and it was really, I look back on it now, um, and maybe for you too, more of just a mindset shift, like mm-hmm. that tiny little step of, I arranged these flowers, I see what it can be. And all of a sudden you've got hope and you got something yes. to cling on to. And buddy, you grab onto that and you hang on for dear life and you just keep hanging and you just keep hanging and you keep, 
you know, again, you know, building your finances up to the point where you can eventually walk away, you will get there. Um, the time frame is different for everybody, of course, but the key is starting, you know, and, yes. and giving yourself something, giving yourself something to to latch on to that to that hope. So, um, you've had kind of switching gears for a quick second. You've had a lot of growth, like you said, in a very quick amount of time. And one thing that us kind of more artistic brained folk tend to, um, hmm, we tend to love the aesthetics more than the backside operations. I am married to a CPA. So <laughs> it's interesting. Um, and I'm so thankful. God bless the people who love Excel spreadsheets. That's all I have to That's, say about that. We I, need you. We, we need, need you. you. We absolutely world. need you. Um, <laughs> I have a business degree that I, you know, that, that doesn't mean anything really. Um, I cried my way through accounting, you know. Um, so anyway, um, what systems have you put into place? You've kind of had to cr have a crash course in, you know, business operations one-on-one. -on -one. Like what, like, you know, do you have a client management service that, that you, or software that you use on the back end? Um, how do you manage this, this growth that y'all have had? Um, how do you manage, because you're on social media, like nonstop. Um, oh, you know, thank what, you. That's yeah. my biggest struggle, but. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. So like, what are you, it's, it's, you know, kind of the unsexy stuff, but the systems, because, because that's, what's going to separate a hobby from a business is when you start to put systems into place. Yes. Um, you have consistent revenue, um, you're able to manage it, you know what's coming in, you know what's going out. Um, and look, there's nothing wrong with outsourcing the stuff that you don't love to do. And obviously, you know, in your first year, two, three business, you might not be able to go hire a full-time accountant to oversee your business. That's not, you know, entirely realistic. But again, we're so lucky that we live in a time where we have so much access to, um, again, different uh, software systems that make it much more accessible. Like I use HoneyBook, for example, um, mm -hmm. to help manage my client service. Um, you know, I, that's what I use to write my contracts. I don't, I don't, I can't go hire an attorney, you know, to write out a contract for me every time I need to do a photo shoot. Um, so we have access to those kinds of things that streamline and make things, um, you know, a lot more doable and manageable. So do you, sorry, I'd like hijack that question. Do you? <laughs> no, no, you're fine. We have to have these systems in place Absolutely. for me when I, so I might make an investment into some really nice software this year, but I've, I kind of again, I have that, I can do it myself mentality, mm -hmm. uh, which mm -hmm. is like a superpower and my kryptonite all at the same time, mm. probably. Yep. But, yep. um, so what I did when, so when we first moved to Oklahoma, we moved right at the beginning of 2021. I took the first month where I just did infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So I, um, solidified my contracts for events. So I do, um, mm -hmm. I do, weddings and events. And then I also do like your daily florist shop sort of situations, like mm -hmm. birthday deliveries, anniversary deliveries, things like that. Mm -hmm. So I kind of had twofold things. I, you know, building the website 
yeah that could serve as a way to book clients you know right. have inquiries come through a website right right kind of vet your clients there yeah. and then also have an online shop so right. i don't have a storefront right. yeah. i create wherever i am and mm -hmm. everything's ordered online and i go deliver mm -hmm. um so I had building that infrastructure and figuring out how that could be built in a way to fill all of my needs and all the things I wanted to do. I felt like that didn't exist anywhere. So I just mm -hmm. kind of had to do it myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was very hard for me because I am not technologically savvy, although I'm getting a lot better the more mm -hmm. I do these things. Mm -hmm. But um, I feel like a lot of people say that. And again, mm -hmm. You know, we live in a time where so much of that is streamlined. I built my website too, and I know it's the easiest that it's ever been, um, but it's still, I, I still kind of like wanted to, you know, pull my eyelashes out a little bit, but I'm yes. so thankful. <laughs> I'm so thankful for WordPress and for Squarespace and, and all of these platforms, Wix, you know, that make all of this so easy. I tend to make things harder on myself than they have to be. I built things into my website that I didn't need right then you know, and probably should have waited on, but you know, my thinking was, oh, a year or two from now, I'll want that. And it's already there. Like, yeah, keep it simple when you're starting in the beginning. Yes. People don't, <laughs> don't make life hard on yourself, build what you need for right now. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, but yeah, it's like you said, it's, it's always evolving. Um, you know, your the, your operational systems, you're always learning. You'll never just have it all completely figured out. I don't, I don't think it's supposed to be that way. Do you have any, um, um, software kind of systems for how you manage Instagram, um, your social media engagement? Cause you're on again, Instagram, Facebook, you're all over the place. Do you use like Planoly? Do, do you like batch your postings? Or are you just kind of doing it every day still right now? What does that look I'm, like? I'm literally the worst. I'm the worst. I'm the worst example. I God, don't say that. Don't say that. You're doing something I, right. I, so. Well, I guess so, because <laughs> I'll tell you what, I got 23 weddings this year. Every single one of them found me through Instagram. So right. I, you know, I remind myself like it's <laughs> Instagram's paying my bills. So it's okay right. that I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm doing okay, but I really could be a lot better. I don't plan out my social media at all. And I really should. But so it's still I very organic. It's yeah. yes. It yeah. is like I try to remember to do it <laughs> every day. Yeah. Um yeah. Well I you get should, so busy though, with the operations of like you said, you're managing you know, your hands are in the business, literally, like on the flowers, yes. you were the ones that, you know, it's coming up with the creation. So, you know, remembering to capture what you've done before it goes out the door, that takes some effort, like you have to, you know, build that habit of doing that. Um, yes. and, and that's different from like my business, for example, which is photography. Well, you know, I create the gallery. I always have access to it. It's always there. My end product is in my hands all the time. Yours isn't. Same yes. thing for, you know, an artist who is um, painting or knitting or, you know, any product that you are creating that is, 
you know, meant to go into the, the client's hands, um, you know, like yours is, it's kind of a, a physical product. Um, most of the time you don't get to, to keep the end product. So, yes, that's, yeah. yes, that is exactly right. So my biggest thing is the content creation. You know, it's not just mm -hmm. having, having, um, an arsenal of photos I can use. It's, oh, well, I, I have to constantly remind myself to photograph every single thing I do and right. photograph it a million times. Yeah. Different <laughs> angles and lighting yes. and, and backgrounds and things like that. Yeah. Yes. Um, so you, you, know, you can go repurpose that. Is that kind of what you're thinking when you're photographing? Will you take like, kind of walk me through what that looks like. So you've created a wedding bouquet mm -hmm. and you will photograph it. I know you have this beautiful blue background that you use. So you'll photograph it there. And then are you thinking like, okay, let me change up my other backgrounds so I can repurpose this bouquet later, but the background's different. So it doesn't just necessarily scream like this is the exact same thing. Is that so kind of how that I, works or? Uh, yes and no. So I only have that one background. Like it's mm -hmm. just my wall. I painted yeah, yeah. the whole room that color. Yeah. yeah. And I, um, that is really the only place I take photos is just mm -hmm. right there. And it is because I am not a natural photographer. That is not one of my gifts. I had to teach myself how to do it. I had to practice. I had to practice so hard <laughs> for forever. And I can only do it in this one spot in my house because I have learned the lighting. It's all about learned. the light, baby. Yeah. I, I have. I have learned this one space and I yep. know how to photograph in this one space. So this is the only place I take photos of my work. Now we recently had a fire. So that um, room is not available for me oh, to take no. photos in. And everything I've taken photos of since, I'm like, why doesn't this look good? Oh, it's <laughs> not the same. The yeah, light. Oh, not friend, the same. I didn't know that. So I'm, so I'm like, I'm like, okay, I really need to learn how to be a all around better photographer so I can photograph my work. But, um, the, yeah. the, I do obviously like I have multiple sides to a bouquet and they look different. Yeah. Right. So right, I right. get to take a photo of the front and a photo of the back, you know, yeah. and sometimes, you know, I'll post them a couple months apart. Yeah. They're the same photo because they look different, you know? So I, I do get to kind of like use double whammy that way. My, my biggest thing is that I can tell you and advice as far as content creation as a creative is create things you want to create and put mm -hmm. that out there. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about what you think will sell. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about what you think people want to see. Mm -hmm. Create the things in your style, in your way that speaks to you because your clients are out there mm -hmm. and they there are people who your specific style is really going to speak to. Absolutely. And there are people who aren't going to like it at all. Mm -hmm. Good. There are other people that create the way they want. That's right. You want get to, you. yes, you want to attract the people that are attracted to what you want to create. Absolutely. I yep. see so many creatives all around, but in floristry specifically, I see a lot of people 
there's like lots of copying, which copying is, you know, not necessarily always a bad thing, but it, it, to me, I just see people stifling their creativity mm-hmm. because they're trying to just make things that will sell, make mm-hmm. things people will like, yeah. people will love whatever you do. You just have to find the people that love them. And yeah. then once you kind of build that clientele up or that following rather, yeah. which fortunately I've been able to, to do at this point, um, I, when I first started out, let me put it this way, I had, um, couples contacting me to do their weddings and wanting me to do something. It was completely unlike what I like to make. Yeah. Now I was yeah. like young, scrappy and hungry. Right. Right. I, yep. wedding. I can make it this way. I just don't want to, but I will, yeah. because this is what they want. And I yeah. need that paycheck right now because I've kind of stuck to my guns and Mm -hmm. I don't post photos of something that I don't want to recreate that falls outside of your aesthetic. Yeah, exactly. Um, and now the, the couples that I talk to say, we booked you because we love your style. Exactly. We just want it to be something that you create. We don't want to stifle that. We booked you because we love what you do. Right. And that is the goal you want as, as a creative, like you want to, <laughs> you want to get hired to create things that are genuinely you. you. Absolutely. And you don't have to, you don't want to be in the spot of, is this what they want? Absolutely. Are they yeah. going to like this? Absolutely. Is this trendy? <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah. All of those things. Right. So right. that is my one social media advice is oh. don't post anything yeah. That you don't want to get hired to do again. That is such fantastic advice. Um, and I think you're right. It, it doesn't mean that you can't take on that client. You just want, you need to know what you're getting. Okay. They're going to ask you to do something that might frustrate you a little bit because you're not going to get to put your whole self into it. Um, but if you need the paycheck, which that's, that's understandable, you know, again, baby's got to eat. We need new shoes, but like you said, be strategic in what you're sharing because what you put out there, Chase Jarvis, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's founded Creative Live. It's an online learning platform. Super cool. Um, Wrote a book, Creative Calling. I recommend it to anyone who's listening to this podcast. Um, He's really big on that too. He's like, look, if you don't want to be a dog photographer, don't post pictures of dogs on your website. you know, keep it, even if you're, you know, just starting out, your portfolio is smaller, say, I only have three bouquets that I've created um, that are of me and of my style. Fine. It's better to have just three of the, of the things that are you versus 15 of the things that aren't because you're not going to attract the right client and you're just going to kind of get caught in the cycle of frustration. Um, and then, like you said, it's going to stifle your creativity and where you could go. Um, because it's constantly, I see your work just evolving, evolving, evolving. You're just building on, you know, this, this creative vision that's unique to you and you owe yourself that you owe the client that. Um, so I think that that's fantastic advice. You said something a second ago that I think is, is kind of a good, like creative hack from like maybe a a time saving consistency standpoint, talking about social media. Um, obviously like Instagram and kind of Facebook too, but definitely Instagram and Pinterest are very, um, aesthetically driven platforms. 
Um, so obviously what you're posting, you want it to be something that, you know, is going to, to grab, you know, the, the viewer's attention. But I, I know for me, I used to just wear myself out trying to create all this original content all the time that was brand new. And it's like, well, wait a second. And I kind of figured this out with photography. If I'm photographing, you know, families, you kind of find this flow. Like you said, I have a wall that I shoot everything on. I get, I hit these three angles. Maybe I hit one other, you know, backdrop and I hit, you know, the same three angles. Um, what that does, I think is creating consistency in you and your branded look. So now I see that blue wall pop up on my feed. I know that's you before I've even seen who's posted it. I know it's you. And I think that there's a lot of value in that aside from the fact that it's going to save you some time and some energy from, Oh, I've got this bouquet. I've got to go find something brand new and interesting to, to do with it, to capture it every single time. You're going to waste a lot of time just doing that. And you're feeding that, you know, monster, so to speak on, on social media. Um, you know, pick out a, a few things that, that are, um, again, that you can kind of latch on to and, and recreate over and over again, that goes back to that system conversation that we were talking about. I don't even know if you've thought about it that way, but it's, it's a, that is a system that you're using to create your content that goes on social media so that you're not having to reinvent the wheel with every single day, every single thing you know, that you create. Um, again, there's value in that. So you're able to take your time and spend it on some other things. So yeah, bra bravo friend, bravo. Where do you get, like, go ahead. The wheel's there for a reason. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. You and and the, there's a reason the wheel works. That's so right. Don't, you don't, it's I reason it's been around for thousands of time. years. Yeah. I'm like, I don't have to reinvent this wheel. I yeah. just get to decorate it. Right. There you go. Awesome. Where do you find your inspiration? What inspires you the most? Like nature? So, like what, how does that, how does that work for you? There are a couple places that I really get my inspiration from. And I guess the answer, I mean, really it has to do with what exactly is the project mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. every project's a little bit different. So mm -hmm. if it's, um, so in general, my just when I'm out in the world, I'm always paying attention. Mm -hmm. I'm always noticing mm -hmm. things. That's great. I am always looking at people's landscaping. Always. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. am always looking at what's growing in the ditch on the side of the road oh. I, because there is, and when you start to pay attention, you notice there is beauty literally everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. And it start yeah. you start to notice things differently. So nature's my number one, um, which is probably no surprise considering I work with nature, yeah. but that's, that's my number one. Second, um, fashion is very inspiring mm. to me. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, mm. I also am like a huge, um, I'm, I'm just like an, an art person and like, I'm very inspired by like Renaissance paintings and mm -hmm. sculpture. Sculpture mm -hmm. is something I really draw a lot from. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And noticing how different shapes and forms create different yeah. feelings and things. It's like, like having that. your eyes open to the world around you and knowing, mm -hmm. like you said, you kind of have a few key things that you know you love. And so do you, you know, try to just consume that 
you know, periodically, I guess you just kind of naturally do that since you're drawn to it, but to kind of keep feeding that, you know, that yeah creative. it's yes I don't I don't um I my biggest inspiration other than those things that I am just absorbing on a daily basis would be who is this going for like mm -hmm. who is mm -hmm. this bouquet for yeah what is it for yeah. so if it's for a wedding let's say I want to get to know the couple I want to know who mm -hmm. they are what they're yes. like because if you think about How it flowers are all completely different and they all have their own little different personalities and they mm -hmm. kind of give a different feeling yeah and those adjectives that I would describe to the couple I'm working with and the overall vibe they're wanting I take those adjectives and I kind of put those feelings yeah yeah <laughs> into the flowers I choose oh. in the shape in the flow in the silhouette I love it. Um, also, obviously, the wedding dress is mm -hmm. a must see for me. I have to see the wedding dress. Mm -hmm. I need to, because for me, it's all about framing the bride. The whole point mm -hmm. of a bridal bouquet mm -hmm. is to frame her. She's the portrait. Mm -hmm. The flowers are the frame. That's kind mm -hmm. of how I think about it. <laughs> so I guess the people that it's for has a lot to do with it. That's fantastic. I love it. Changing gears again a little bit uh, more. Um, so one thing that I try, I've had to learn, um, I'm a recovering perfectionist. I think a lot of <laughs> us, you know, artistically brained folks can tend to be that way. I really, really think we need to normalize the conversation around failure when my kids get home from school and granted most of them are too young but my oldest who's four that's a conversation we're already having would you fail at today would you not do well you got back up and you tried again so you know that's that's something that i i find that a lot of creatives really have to to work through just to even think about getting their art or their creation whatever it is out into the world um the, your first stuff isn't going to be your best stuff it's not supposed to be. I'm sure you look back on your very first creations, that very first wedding that you did that you put out there, and it's probably cringy to you. You're probably like, oh, I can't believe I did that. You know, and then oh, you'll yeah. look back on your work five years from now, and you'll be able to see your growth. So along the way, like what has been one of your biggest failures, like something that just didn't work, a hard lesson that you had to learn, um, you know, something that you would love to tell your, you know, former self or anyone that's, that's looking at the starting line right now, like, Hey, it's cool. This happened. I'm still here. So <laughs> there are so many different answers I could give to this question. <laughs> Good. That means you're learning. That's awesome. Yes. As far as my actual work goes, like the actual creations I put out there, I don't know that I've really made a single thing that I've been like, that was perfect. <laughs> you know, also every, good. <laughs> every single thing I make after I make it and I look at the pictures afterwards, I think, oh, yeah. okay, I could have, here's what I could have done to this to make it more effective or to get my point across more mm -hmm. or to, you know, so I, <laughs> 
I do have that moment with myself, kind of like you have with your daughter when she gets home from school. Um, <laughs> like, okay, what about this design really worked? Awesome. Let's store that away. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. What about this didn't read? Yeah. What didn't come across? What elements did I painstakingly put into this design that uh-huh. don't even show up? Uh-huh. What doesn't uh-huh. Or what says too much? What didn't translate. Mm -hmm. So I have that conversation with myself very often. And it's, it's rare that I look at something and I'm like, I am so happy with this. Right. But (laughs) I'm always very fulfilled by what I make. Sure. But it's, that's good. I make sure that I kind of have that, um, that little sit down with myself especially after big projects yeah just to help me get the next one better and it works every time as long as you have grace with yourself 100 from it yeah if you don't have grace with yourself you won't ever learn right you're just gonna hurt a little you're just beating yourself up that's another system i think leah um that is fantastic in terms of your creative process um, and that you review everything you do after the project is done. Cause you're right when you're in it. Um, and then you step away from it. I'll do that with a, a black and white photo. I love black and white, like candid photography. That's kind of one of my specialties. And I will, you know, take a, yeah, a, whatever happens while we're shooting and I'll just fawn all over one, you know, when I'm editing it and then I step away from it and I'm like, actually this one is more remarkable than that one. You know, so your, your view of it, your perception is going to change um, when you're in it versus after you've created it. Um, So I think that that is a good perspective. And I love that you review the work, you review everything you do. um, And you kind of, you know, you do the pro con thing. And then hopefully, that lets you put it in its place, step away from it. Because I've done that early on with sessions, I would just wring my hands over like a missed opportunity for a a candid shot or something. And it's like, but I got all these, I got five others that were really great. And the mom is like in tears over the fact that they even have photos of their fit. You know what I mean? Like, so remember that the client is also looking at it through a different lens than you are. Yes. Yes. So I think that that is, that's really wonderful um, to review your work and then let it stay there. Like you said, don't go back and rehash and beat yourself up. That's not what it's about. Strictly sit down and say what worked, what didn't. I'm taking this, you know, moving forward. I'm going to apply it to the next project. And that is how you grow. That's how you get better. Oh, I think that's, that's so beautiful. I I love it. Like you said, the, the grace part is, is huge. So I think same thing can be said for the, so that's like the creative aspect of that question. The same exact thing can be said on the personal side of that question too. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. how, and, um, another important, like maybe the hardest fail, (laughs) since that's the original question is saying yes, when I should have said no. Oh, and I think uh, that as a creative 
person, when we just want to make it, we yep. want to do the work. We love the work. We want to do the work. Yep. Not all projects are your projects. That's right. Not all clients are your clients. That's right. That is a hard one to learn. And, and a lot of people, especially when you're starting out, mm-hmm. will want to haggle with you mm-hmm. with the pricing. Mm-hmm. They, they don't, they think something for nothing or, yep. or whatever <laughs> that yep. you're, you know, they think that, well, you need pictures, right? You need the exposure. You mm-hmm. need you need the exposure. I can give you exposure. Mm-hmm. No, you, no, you can't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I learning to say no mm-hmm. is the hardest thing for me on the planet. Cause if I yeah. could, I would give everybody, every flower under the sun. I would be free flowers yeah, for, for everybody free. every day. I would yeah. make them. I would take them yeah. and make a little stand on the corner downtown yeah. and just give away flowers. Gone. That's how I, I feel. You know, yeah. I'm that's like, I just I really do. just want to do this one for free. And JD's like, uh huh. But, but wait, wait. Yeah. You, you have to. <laughs> so you have heard that you're paying for. We, we, we have bills and things. <laughs> yes. And you have to, if you want, if you want your passion to be a business and not a hobby. Absolutely. Again, that's the difference. Yeah. Yes. It, you have you to have to be strict like that. And so that's kind of, that would be the hardest mm-hmm. thing to grapple with. And that I know everyone that is passionate about what they do. Oh yeah. Struggles yeah. with. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's a very good point. It's very accurate. I think too, there's kind of another side of this. I don't know if you've run into this. I have um, being approached by a client, um, and working with them on a particular project, not necessarily the project itself, but just the way that they want to operate, mm-hmm. um, does not align with my key values. Um, and if you have a disconnect there, that is a good reason to say no. I would say that's a better reason to say no than them wanting you to, you know, create something that, you know, like they bring you a picture of a magazine and say, hey, recreate this for me. Well, that's not really what I, you know, it's not my style, but, you know, that I think um, is, yeah, going against partnering, taking on a project, you know, a collaboration or whatever, when it does not align with your values, I think is is more um, detrimental than Yes. than anything else. And I've had to and, learn that and I've had to say no. And if you don't say no to those sorts of projects, you will begin to feel that burnout. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that is the last thing you want to feel when you're pursuing your dreams, right? Absolutely. Is being burnt out. Mm-hmm. But if you keep letting yourself be either underpaid for projects yeah. or you're working with people that you're that aren't a good fit for you mm-hmm. um that leads to burnout yeah and if the even if the desired you know style of the project or whatever the client wants if it doesn't speak to you that can lead to burnout too so, absolutely if you're just perpetually doing that over and over again yeah you're 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 exactly right so kind of knowing when to you know, take that on, you know, if, if you decide to take on a project that, that doesn't light you up, yeah, be careful mm-hmm. of, of not falling into the habit of doing that. And I think, you know, 
we could do a whole episode and and will on charging what you're worth it it is a struggle particularly it seems for women um yes that's i won't get off on that tangent right now like i said we'll we'll do a whole other episode about that um but it it's it's a thing and it doesn't have to be a thing um a lot of us kind of have picked up some some weird um beliefs around you know our finances and it's it's it doesn't have to be that way so anyway i know we're running short on time i know you have so many things um going on right now i don't want to to keep you too much longer um and again you know you've just shared so much great knowledge and um you know experience with us tell us real quick like what's next for ribbons and blooms what do you what's your vision what do you where, where do you see yourself going do you i guess one of my questions for you is like again you have this gift with music you have a gift with you know uh, um like visual arts um do you see all of that kind of making a presence i, I see a lot of it kind of popping up here and there in again you know in your social media presence um but yeah what's on the horizon for y'all as you're growing so for now i i toy with the idea all the time of adding in like additional add-on services right because mm -hmm. you're so right i'm a i am a multifaceted creative yeah i could do i am essentially a walking wedding if i wanted to be yeah i can i can sing for your wedding right i can <laughs> I do calligraphy and hand lettering. I can address, I can address all of your invitations and I can write all of your signage for your wedding, mm -hmm. which these days mm -hmm. there are signs galore. It's like, you have a handwritten menu for the bride. Oh, I know. You have a welcome sign. You've got this sign, you know, all sorts of things. I can do that. Um, I could probably also do just the event design as a total. So mm -hmm. not only do the florals, but. You're I like a one-stop shop. You could be. I could yeah. dab, I could do your entire event design. Hmm. So I'm sitting here like, yes, that's a great idea. I could do that. I could add this on. I could, but just because you could doesn't mean you should. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, am, all the time. <laughs> I originally was going to promote those services. Mm-hmm like signage especially and things because mm -hmm. I, I did that for for friends weddings even before I touched flowers I did all of those other things um and I've sung for a million weddings I I'm going to be very cautious about the things I decide to let in to my business offerings um very good yeah yeah so I we're kind of going to see how this year goes mm -hmm. I have a packed year i'm almost i am almost at capacity for the weddings i can accept and it's it's and january by the way it, when we're yeah, recording this that's yeah. that's wonderful <laughs> that's incredible I, congratulations is, thank you yeah by um by november of last year right i was almost completely booked for oh my gosh 2022 and mm -hmm. i'm yeah so it's it is crazy um 
And I don't know what that's like yet because my first right. year in business was me planting all the seeds. Right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so, and working with these clients and, and getting things booked and, and doing events, you know, I still did weddings last year, but I didn't do 30 weddings in a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's like yet. <laughs> so I'm absolutely, gonna, absolutely. I'm going to see what feels manageable mm-hmm. and yeah. I might decide I want to add things on especially like one of the things I love doing is addressing envelopes. Like mm-hmm. I love sending mail. I love mm-hmm. hand lettering envelopes. I would love to add that on us just like mm-hmm. a little thing. Yeah. You know, add on service. Right. Do I have time to do that? I don't know yet. Right. Right. So I'm, I'm going to be very cautious about any adding on anything outside of what I'm doing already yeah. right. until maybe this time next year. I well, can because sort of thing right now. And this is, that's so smart. And, and this is something that again, a lot of creative entrepreneurs, particularly in the beginning have to really think about, um, it's you that's doing this. It's your hands. Again, like we said, it's your hands on the flowers. It would be right now. If you were to try to take that on, it would be your hands doing the calligraphy. You only have two hands. You only have 24 hours in a day. I don't care how efficient you are to, at some point, you can only pack in so much and then you factor in again you know the business promotion and management that has to happen so you know maybe at some point you're able to you know train someone to come in and and you know you flesh out this is the design that we're going for and you get extra hands in your shop that are helping you assemble um you know, but for now, like you said, it, it's all specifically you. So those are, that's, you're at a very kind of interesting, pivotal time, you know, when you're making these key decisions about what to take on, because you have additional, you have visions, you have this multi-passionate heart, this love for so many things. And, and that's something that I want the audience to understand is again, just because, and you touched on this at the beginning, just because you're passionate about one thing, you, this is this is where you've started. This is not the only place you can ever go, you know? So, mm-hmm. but you have to be strategic about it, like you said, to avoid that burnout so that you do have the bandwidth to eventually wrap in these other things that you love and to do it effectively and not run yourself into the ground and not hustle until you die. Like it, that's not the answer. So I love where your head is. I love where your heart is. And you are very, you know, you're so just client centric and trying to do what's best for them. And, but also being mindful about you know, I got to think about me and and the business and my husband and, you know, I've got to you know, still be able to show up and love what I do. Um, And I think being mindful in the way that you just said is absolutely how you do that. So I'm so proud of you. That's just, thank you. That's so fantastic. And I can't wait to see how you grow. Um, And you don't have to eat the whole apple in one bite, you know? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. (laughs) I try to remind myself of that every day. I don't, you know, everyone's like, I think when, when you start a new business, it's like, you want to be successful right now. Oh, yesterday, yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've had that conversation with uh, my brother who owns a commercial ag business 
and he's built it, you know, from the ground up. He had this vision five, six years ago, and he just dove right in, right? There was no, there was no um, obsessive, overthinking, self-doubt, negative, all, none of that. He just went for it, you know? <laughs> I wonder what that's like. What's that like? <laughs> Tell me. And so I'm having that conversation with him as I'm, you know, starting my photography business. And he said, you know, um, he said, there's some value in pacing yourself because he said there were projects that I was dying to take on my first six months in business. And had I gotten those accounts, I would have drowned. I would have died. And the business wouldn't exist now. Um, and I think there's, there's so much value in that, you know, kind of moving at the pace of grace, so to speak, um, as I've heard, um, a pastor, I love my Todd say, um, I think that's just, I think that's so accurate. So, so anyway, I'm I'm so pumped for you. I can't wait to see what y'all do this year. I mean, I'm just like, you know, honestly, like your, your page is like, I I mean, just kind of like having a little dose of happy in your feed every morning. It's just, thank you. Thank you for sharing your gift. Thank you for sharing who you are. Um, cause again, it's like, I, I tell my kids all the time and, and have to remind myself of, and anybody I ever talk to it, it, you can have gifts all day long, but if you're not doing anything with them, they're not any good. And like you said, our gifting is, is not for us anyway. It's, it's to share with the world. Cause there's a specific place that we're yes. needed. So tell us where we, we can you. I'm sorry. Go we, ahead. One more we thing. Don't benefit from our gifts at no. all until we share them. Right. Like they don't, they don't even, I think people sometimes feel like I need to keep this for myself. Like this is, this is for me. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> and you, and it won't even really benefit you and feed your soul. Yeah. Until you share it. There's definitely not the same level of joy that I have found yes. whenever I just keep something to myself. You're, you're exactly right. It's like the joy multiplies exponentially when you do share it Um, and something maybe you've discovered this too and being being someone that's just been of a like i am a creative mindset all the time since birth right there are a lot of people that are not wired like that at Mm -hmm. all and i didn't even like i did not realize that there are people who literally can't you, you know like just can't and they need you. They actually need you to do what you love. Yeah. Because otherwise their life would not have this extra beauty in it. Oh. It wouldn't, yeah. They wouldn't have good pictures of, of their family. <laughs> they would not have, you know, like a, a beautiful bouquet of flowers that speaks to them on an emotional level because they know that that flower was in their grandmother's yard, but they didn't even know what that was to be able to go find it again. Right. To look it up. Right. But I can deliver it to their door and they get to like experience that. Uh, And they need us to do what we do. What, whatever your thing is, you know, that half of the world (laughs) needs you to pursue your passions. Absolutely. Tell it, tell it. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Leah. That was wonderful. I just, I enjoy you so much. You're such a delight. Thank you for sharing that. And again, thank you for sharing your heart. Um, so real quick, tell us what platforms do you spend the most time on? I think we've already kind of talked about that. Uh, where can, where can we find you 
on the okay. socials? Instagram is my <laughs> my main thing. Yeah. Um, that is ribbon dot and dot blooms. Pretty sure. Yeah, that's what yeah. it is. Okay. And then I'm on the Facebook as well, Ribbon and Blooms Forestry. And my website is RNB, like rhythm and blues, but it's rnbfloristry.com. You can read about me there if you want, kind of see what's up. Got a pretty fun gallery on there as well. Thank you. Thank you. This non-techie gal is pretty proud of it. Um, Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you again for your time today. Thank you so much again. Thank you for sharing your heart and your gift. And we'll be watching. Can't wait to see what you do next. Well, thank you you for being the encourager of all who want to be encouraged and need to be encouraged. (laughs) (laughs) It is my joy. It is, it is, oh, it's my joy. Thank you. Thank you, friend. Chat with you soon. Bye, Drew. Thanks so much for joining us today on The Fresh Fruit Project. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you're listening. And don't forget to rate and review so we can continue bringing you great content. Also, to keep up with what shows are coming, be sure to follow along on all the social channels at The Fresh Fruit Project.